Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Illuminate Student Ministries. Listen as Pastor Paul speaks on the Beatitudes. All right, let's give some honor. Let's give it up for Riley for her first time in here. Great job. I told her when I came up here um, during practice, I was like, why isn't she loud? Like, I, I can't get her. I was like, get closer to the mic. I was moving the wrong fader the whole time during practice. So I figured it out before she started singing tonight. And I was like, all right. So <laughs> LOL, LOL, LOL. Um, so she sounded great out there. Great job. Oh, that's sad. Oh, from staff. All you people at staff, look what came in. Oh, oh yeah. And look. Um, oh, I bet my feet are going to stink. Never mind. All right, I won't do it. Is it. Well, these girls may throw up. <clears throat> yeah, let's not. All right. Um, so let me ask you, do you want, um, let's do announcements first. All right, so just a, a few things I want to go over. See, I made notes. Um, isn't it adorable? So just right off the bat, um, Pastor Michael has really lit a fire under the entire staff in a really good way, and he's challenged us to be much more intentional and productive this year, and it's going great. Look at all these little meetings I've had. Wow, that's great. Oh, uh, you can probably mute these monitors. I don't need them. Um, or you can bring me down or whatever. I just don't want to feed back. Or, you know what? There we go. Wait. This feeds into that one. Why is this still on? It's witchcraft. Just kidding. It's not witchcraft. Disobedience is witchcraft. But anyways, we'll get into that later. We won't get in it tonight, but it's in there. It's in your Bible if you read it. All right. Um, yeah, let's do some announcements first. Um, some of you have been asking about teen talent, and I'm here with the answers. All right. Miss um, <clears throat> J put on the group me today, the sign up. Um, so on that, the final signups are March 24th. Okay. Uh, you can click that link. There's also going to be a link that's sent to your parents. Um, I know you haven't asked me to do this, but I feel like there's just too much stuff in my pockets. So all this is just coming off. Slane, I'm using your laptop as a catch-all. I won't scratch it, though. Oh. <laughs> all right. Um, is there anything else? Oh. Those good boys. All right. Oh, I feel like 20 pounds lighter. That's nice. All right, so Teen Talent <clears throat> registra- registration is open now until March 24th. I believe uh, the actual event is early April. Uh, was it April 15th? I thought it was 14th. It's 15th. Um, registration, uh, you, all this is in the link, but registration for the event, like once you get there, starts at 8 a.m. Um, and they'll. you probably want to get there around that time because they'll have a schedule of like when all these things are happening. Uh, they've actually got some really cool new additions. It, I say they're new additions. They're new from 15 years ago. The last time I looked at the signups, uh, they have like, obviously they have like vocal and like singing and choral ensemble. They also have rap now, male and female divisions, which is pretty cool. So, you know, you know, your girl, young was going to be dropping something. So, Oh, hello. Houston. Welcome from work. Um, so that will, uh, that will happen April 15th. Uh, so sign up. There is a $35 registration fee per item that you sign up. So it's not just like, Oh, one-time fee. Let me click all these things. Like each thing that you sign up for is going to be $35. So in the least offensive, what not a least offensive, if you can swing it, do it, but don't sign up for five things. If you suck at three of them, you're just wasting money. Um, unless you just want to go and compete and just have a good time and showcase your stuff. In that case, go for it. Awesome. If you've got discretionary funds, Nisi's going to sign up for everything. She's going to empty her entire Roth IR, whatever. Um, <laughs> what's it? Roth, Roth IRA. Anyways, you probably don't have that yet. I, I don't think any of us, you probably have a Roth. You don't even know. I, I don't even know what a Roth IRA is, but anyways, um, 
You have one? Safe flight, baby. Come on. Oh, or military. Guys, he's loaded. <laughs> Amen. Come on. All right. So, so registration is open until March 24th. That's great. Um, second thing, uh, this message got sent to the, our group me, maybe got sent to our group me. I think it did. Um, yeah, because you sent it, uh, about our prayer incentives, incentives, uh, initiatives this year, um, where we're going to be praying on the 13th through the 19th of every month. No, you did. Oh, I saw it today. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, Okay, Nisi will send it to the youth. Um, essentially, we're going to be taking the 13th, the entire day. Uh, no, just a portion of the day to pray for 13-year-olds. We're going to take the 14th to pray for 14-year-olds, so on and so forth. Uh, and you can be really intentional and pray for 13 minutes. Or you can be like less intentional and pray for 13 seconds. Uh, but it still could be effective. Uh, but, but we're going to pray for 13-year-olds on the 13th, so on and so forth, every month. Um, and you can, there's a, um, there's a sign-up. Is it a sign-up genius? Is that what it is? There's a sign-up genius that you can literally sign up and be like, hey, I'm going to commit to pray on this day. So we can literally say like, hey, these are all the people that have prayed for the 13-year-olds today. These are all the people that, so it's going to, I think it's going to be really powerful. Um, so if you fall within that age bracket, which is all of you, if you don't get out, um, actually no, because some of you are 12. Yeah. Yeah. Some of you guys are 11. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to, what are we starting? We're on the 11th. Great. I'm going to send a message and see if we can, uh, extend that a little bit. Let's go 11th, 12th through the 19th. Let's do it. Let's cover all our bases. Um, so anyways, we'll do that. Um, but if they don't, don't go hooping and hollering at them. But anyways, um, but I feel like we got enough people on staff here to make it happen. Right? Yeah, we do. We literally have one, two, three, four, five, six, about six or seven people on paid staff in this room. But anyways, yeah. Anyways, um, great. So that's happening. Um, Really quick, just when we were in worship, the the first song when Chloe was really kind of hitting that everything that you lost loves returning. I kind of debated coming up and saying something, but I figured I'd just wait until right now. Oh my gosh, I have so much time. This is amazing. Um, I debated coming up, but I'll just say it now. And I think you kind of hit on it, but I'm just going to go a, a step further. That I believe that the spirit of God, which is the spirit of love is going to supernaturally restore purity to some of you. When we were talking about like everything you lost, love is going to return. Like there's things that you have forfeited even in, not in like idiocy, but in ignorance. Like I didn't know what I was doing. And then here I am on the other side of that wondering how did I let this happen to me? How did I get to this place? That love is going to supernaturally restore that to you. Um, whether that be just like, like I'm really believing that like physically you're going to line up if you know what I'm saying. Like there's, there's going to be things that like girls that like you forfeited and then the Lord is literally going to restore you. And then there's going to be images like in your head that just, you can't get out. You're just tormented with that. The Holy spirit is going to restore to make it like it never happened. Uh, so I just really believe that there's just going to be this supernatural restoration as we open up ourselves to the spirit of love. So it's not on our own doing. It's not, oh, let me pray hard enough on the 13th for 13 minutes and then I'll be restored. It's just going to be you yielding to the Holy Spirit, the spirit of love, and he's going to come in and restore innocence and he's going to restore purity. Um, so I just felt like there was an invitation for that. So just pray into that, lean into that um, in your life. Um, great. That's fantastic. All right. You ready? Yeah. Cool. These are going away. All right. So <clears throat> there was a man who, Oh, Hey, while I'm telling the story, Ryan, um, and one of you, do you know how to get onto PCO on that? Not really. Is your boy Isaac around? Is he close by? Oh, great. Elias, you know how to do this. Okay, 
can you go to PCO? I have a little image. I know it's super trivial. It's just in the teaching section of tonight. If you could just download that by the time I get done with this opener, let's see how fast you can work. Let's earn that paycheck today, boy. All right. So, all right. So there was a man with crippling fear that he thought someone was living under his bed. He would go to bed at night and he would just stay up all night being like, there's something under my bed. There's something under my bed. Okay. So he decides to go to a psychiatrist and he's like, I have this like crippling fear and anxiety that someone's just underneath my bed while I'm sleeping. He's like, okay, like, yeah, we can do some like psychoanalysis and all this stuff. Like just come to me and, and we'll get you cured. Like we'll, we'll go through all the steps and we'll get it cured. But, uh, this is a pretty intense thing. So I'm going to need you to come three times a week. And he's like, okay, I can do that. He said, and so the man asked the psychiatrist, he said, Hey, um, just out of curiosity, like how much does it cost? And he goes, well, it's going to cost uh, about $80 a session, three times a week. So he's like, okay, uh, well, let me think on it and I'll get back to you. So how many of you guys have ever done that? We're like, someone says, Oh, well, it's going to be this much. And you're like inside, you're like, Oh God. But you're like, yeah, okay. Um, I'll get back to you. <laughs> like, yeah, all the time. I did it today. And then, um, he followed up with me and I was like, dang it. All right. <laughs> you're a good salesman. Anyways. Um, anyway, so, but this man didn't follow up. He said, part of my friend, he said, screw that. I'm not paying that. Um, Oh, he said, what? So, uh, the doctor runs into the man. I, it says at a store. I always pictured it as Aldi. I don't know why. Um, you guys ever get like someone tells you a story and you just picture like this certain place in your mind? Remember, like I just see him in in the bakery section where they have all those little off-brand little pastries. It's like this is where he runs into the psychiatrist. And so the psychiatrist asks him, says, "Hey man, like how's it going?" He says, "Oh, it's going really great. Um, uh, I got a new truck." And my neighbor cured me of my illness, of my fear. He's like, oh, great. Like, how, how did you get a new truck? He said, well, I figured three times a week at $80, that's over $12,000 so a year. So I've just took that money and put it as a down payment for a new truck. And so that's my new truck out there. He's like, wow, that's amazing. He said, uh, but you said your neighbor cured you of your disease, like of your fear. Like, how did that happen? said, oh, well, I told him how much you were going to charge, and he just told me to cut the legs off my bedpost. And so now ain't no one living underneath my bed now. <laughs> like, uh, it's, a, it's a slow burn for not a good punchline, but it's still pretty good. Um, some of you, that may hit later. Um, you get, if you don't get it, we'll, we'll go over it. All right. Um, love it. Oh, great. I didn't make it, but I downloaded it. Beautitudes. All right. So tonight, uh, remember, we're going over the ABCs, right? We're getting back to the basics. Let's see how good your memory is. Last week, we talked about, well, yeah, what's obviously, what, oh, yeah, yeah, let's shout it out. What is it? You said acceleration, first off. So I'm going to call that acceleration. Yeah. So you talked about acceleration and we talked about where we're going in this year. Tonight, we're going to talk about the Beatitudes. All right. Have you guys ever heard of the Beatitudes? All right. How many of you guys have never heard of the Beatitudes? Okay. How many of you guys have ever heard of the Sermon on the Mount? Okay. This is, this is like Jesus' most famous sermon. It's like the first sermon of his ministry. It's freaking long. Like, it's amazing, though. Um, so it's kind of just like where he kickstarts his, his ministry, talking to the multitudes. But the Beatitudes are the precursor to the Sermon on the Mount. So funny enough, um, when I, well, let's read through it first, and then I'll just kind of, we'll jump into it. You ready? So we're going to be in Matthew 5. There's going to be a couple other scriptures that we'll just kind of hit and move on just as reference. But for the most part, we're going to be in Matthew 5 if you want to take notes. Um, because the Beatitudes are so full of just truth. And if you haven't read them before, this may like blow your mind. It's going to be amazing. Um, we're going to go over one of them. There's like seven of them. Um, and you'll see when we get to them. We're going to go over the first one because we don't, we, honestly, I was talking to Chloe about this the other day. We don't have enough time to go over all of them. So probably next year, um, we'll do a series on the Beatitudes because I think it's, it's a, a, a great thing to harp on. Um, amen. All right, so Matthew 5, starting in verse 1. 
Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and began to teach, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You guys have heard that before? If you haven't, it's great. These are all like really great promises. Um, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Uh, For all you OG people out there, we talked about that maybe three years ago, give or take a few, about being peacemakers and not peacekeepers. So the Lord never called us to be peacekeepers, but he's called us to be peacemakers. And there's a very big difference. Peacekeepers do this. Let's just quiet down. Peacemakers go into a room full of chaos and they shift the the whole atmosphere. So it's a totally different dichotomy. Uh, Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I always love these last two because like the first nine or eight are like, blessed are the pure in heart, they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they'll be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Like, I just feel like his attitude just kind of shifted there. Like, and then this last one, blessed are you when people insult and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Like, he went from like 50 to 100, and I love it. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great, for in this some way, in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Okay? So we're going to stay on verse three. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. All right. So once again, how many of you guys have never heard of the Beatitudes? Just raise your hand. No big deal. Okay, great. So I didn't either for the longest time, but I would always hear people talk about the Beatitudes. And I always thought it was this. This is how your attitude should be. How many of you guys ever thought, those of you that have heard of the Beatitudes, like, always thought, it's like, all right, the Beatitudes, this is what our attitude should be. Like, like, it's not. It's just not it at all. So we're going to go old school, like really old school, like Greek and Latin old school. So if you're writing stuff down, this is where it gets really interesting. Beatitude comes from the Latin beatudo and beatus, which comes from the Greek makarios, which translates to blessed, okay? So the Beatitudes, um, it comes from the Latin Vulgate. So here's a little bit of Bible history for you. When they got the Greek and Hebrew manuscripts, they were translated into Latin, okay? And that's what's called the Vulgate, okay? And then the Vulgate was translated in 1612-ish, I think. I think is this when King James came out, 1612. Uh, they translated that from the Latin into uh, English, Old English. So that's where they took the beatudo, beatus. See, Hannah, this Latin is leaving me. I took eight years of Latin, and this is all I got to show for it. Um, eight years. I can still quote you the first five lines of the Aeneid, but I can't do anything else. Um, but... Uh, but so anyways, that's what they call it. It's, it's the Beatitudes. It's the, hey, this is how we're blessed, okay? So it doesn't mean this is how your attitude should be, all right? Uh, all right, so before we really jump into the teaching, this is all the precursor, but it's a lot of precursor leading up to where we're going. <sighs> you guys good? Yeah. All right, breathe in. Breathe out. This is going to be super weird. Is in, uh, can someone go get me some Kleenex? I think there's a box of Kleenex in one of the bathrooms. I have got this snot. I'm just going to be totally transparent. No, I'm just going to, I don't want to constantly do this all night. And like, I'm just got to get it out. You know, I was watching while he's getting that. I, it's going to be great. I was watching this teaching earlier this week. Um, and it was Bill Johnson and he was, he was like, he had this thing in his throat. And he's like, oh, pardon me. Turn his mic off. <laughs> Sorry, guys. All right. <laughs> like, like probably five times during the teaching. Thanks. Oh. oh. All right. You guys just chatter amongst yourself. Go.
All right, your boy's back. Isaac, if that is not in the teaching, I'm going to be mad. You better keep that in there. All right. <laughs> All right. All right, so three foundations before we get really into this. You with me? Say one. one. Louder. Say one. one. Great. All right. When we, when we read the Beatitudes, Jesus is not telling us these things in order to gain salvation. Okay. None of these things. Um, oh, well, that goes into the second one, but he's not switching like to works right here. It's not like he's like, Hey, do hold on. Ah, <laughs> oh, there we go. My ear was doing something funky. He's not, he's not saying, Hey, everything that's done in the kingdom is done by the grace of God. And then just going over to here, like, all right, now here are the Beatitudes. Here are all the things you need to do to inherit the kingdom. He's not, he's not moving back and forth. He's staying inside the realm of grace. So all of these happen inside the grace of God. You cannot achieve or do any of these things without the grace that's freely given. None of this is done on your own accord. Okay. But you do make a decision to partner with that grace to fulfill it. Does that make sense? Okay. Glazed eyes. Does that make sense? All right. Two. Say two. All right. These are not, amen. These are not ethical demands for people who follow him. These aren't, um, uh, imperatives, you know, it's not like, Hey, do these things. These are invitations apart from verse 12. There's no imperatives. He's not telling us to do anything. He's inviting us. Um, so there's that. Okay. The whole thing of the beatitudes is an invitation. It's not a command. And you know what that means? Um, that means you can actually love him and serve him and still not do any of those things. But there is something on the other side of doing these beatitudes of living life inside that grace that brings about a different measure of living than what you would have normally had, had you not done it. Does that make sense? So these are just invitations. Okay. It's like saying, Hey, um, you're already getting like two Christmas gifts, but if you, um, do this certain thing, like you'll get four, like you don't have to do it. I mean, and I'll still love you and cherish you and you'll be the prize of my life. But Here's just some other invitations for you. These are, these benefit you. Okay. Um, thirdly, this is where it gets really cool, cool or just crazy. All right. Here's a, a 50 cent word for you. These are not, <laughs> hold on, let me read it. Eschatological blessings. Okay. You guys know what eschatology is. Okay, great. <laughs> no, <laughs> isn't that science? No. So eschatology is like the end of the age theology. It's, it's what happens at death. It's what happens when earth and heaven fade away and there's a new earth and a new heaven. It's the end time type stuff. That's eschatology. Okay, so these are not eschatological blessings, aka they don't come when we die. Like when it says, hey, or when he's offering, um, when he's on the cross and he's next to the person, he's like, hey, today you'll be with me in paradise. That's an eschatological blessing. Hey, when you die, you'll be with me in paradise. These blessings that he's inviting us to happen now, okay? So the fruition of walking in this, you live now. It's not, hey, I'm going to do this thing, and then in the sweet by and by, I'll get my reward. You can live in these blessings now, okay? So um, it's just like, I don't want to do it because it's going to make a mess, but like uh, if I fill this water bottle all the way up, and then I keep pouring water into it, it's going to overflow. It's, it's just the natural thing that's going to happen. If you walk in these beatitudes, the natural response is going to be what happens. So blessed are the poor in spirit. If you walk in poorness of spirit, you inherit the kingdom of God. It's a byproduct. Okay. You with me? Yeah. All right. There's foundation. So we're going to go over blessed are the poor in spirit for they will inherit the kingdom of God, for theirs will be the kingdom of God, okay? I'm gonna drink a lot of water because um, that wore me out, all this. <laughs> um, I'm not as, not as limber as I used to be in my youth, um, but your boy's been working out a little bit, trying to get that stamina up, so um, I'll be able to hang with all these I don't know. 
youths. I was going to say these hootin' nannies, <laughs> but am I becoming old? Yeah. Oh. Wow, guys, seriously, I'm only 20. I'm in my 20s. Like, I am so young. I'm, I haven't even hit my prime yet, guys. It's going to be great. All right. So, 29, 29. I don't know. All right. So blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. So this isn't talking about economical wealth. Okay. Um, I don't, there were very few times where Jesus was that, um, not practical, but trivial. Uh, really one of the few times that he talked about actual wealth. Are you taking notes, Elias? I'll take that as a no. All right. So the only time that he, not the only time, but one of the few times he talked about economical wealth is when they were asking about tax and he said, well, just render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and let's just go on with the day. All right. Like just, oh, you need tax money. Great. Go fishing. There's a coin in there. Like he, he wasn't concerned with at all about like the economic stuff. He's really concerned about the posture of your heart and the posture of your spirit. So um, to say that he would be talking, oh no, I'm on low battery mode. Let's, I got 10%. I, we can do this. All right. Um, because here's the thing. If he's talking about economical wealth, then <clears throat> it would equate poverty to inheriting the kingdom of God. Right? So then I, I didn't grow up thinking this, but around my 15, 16 year old self, um, I really started reading these scriptures with no context and really no guidance. And so like I read these things and just thought the Holy Spirit wants me to be poor. So I was like, I'm just going to not do anything for money uh, because I really thought that's what it meant. But that's not what he's talking about. So because if your poorness equates to um, inheriting the kingdom of God, then like what do we do with Billy Graham? Right. I mean, he was super wealthy because of everything that he had done, um, but he's still inheriting the kingdom of God, right? And then, so I know plenty of poor people who are not living inside the fullness of the kingdom. Um, and likewise, I know a lot of rich people who aren't doing the same thing. So your economic status bears no weight on you inheriting the kingdom of God. So it has everything to do with the posture of your spirit and the posture of your heart, okay? So poor in spirit, what do you think it means? Raise your hand. I, let's have a little discussion. What do you think being poor in spirit means? Yeah, what you got, Jersey? Well, then why'd you raise your hand? <laughs> that was the most confident. It's like when you're on Family Feud and you're like, I don't know. Okay, what you got? Not being rich in the spirit. Okay. 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 What do you think, Ev? Having low levels of spiritualness. Isaac, what do you think? Humility. Okay, what else we got? Anyone else? I know, I did. This is good. I feel like the Lord, he searches to and fro to see. You don't know how to word it. All right. So how many of you guys are kind of stumped? Like what the heck does poor in spirit mean? Because surely it can't mean he wants me to be like not spiritual. Right, like he doesn't want me to be like missing the mark spiritually. Right, that can't be what he means. Um, and it's not. And Isaac is, is pretty dang close. Um, maybe the nail on the head. But I'm going to go a step further. Apart more than just humility, it's understanding and living in this understanding of our de own depravity. Okay? So being poor in spirit recognizes your own depravity. Do you know what depravity means? Okay, let's do this. Look up depravity. I'll just give you the, the actual definition. Total depravity as a Protestant theological doctrine. Oh my gosh. No, just give me Wikipedia, dude. Um, series suggested websites, movies. No, Apple Music. What in the heck? Okay, basically, I'll just summarize it for me. Depravity is... You are sinful. You will always miss the mark. You cannot hit the mark 
except for the grace of God. You, you come out of the womb innately predisposed to miss the mark. That's your depravity, right? Okay. So when you come head to head with your own depravity, there's two things you can really do with it. You can accept it or you can deny it. Okay. But denying your own depravity is almost like people who are like, I don't believe in the sun. Well, you idiot. <laughs> like it, it's, it's right there. Like Cheryl, like it's probably, there probably is a Cheryl. You have like flat earthers and then you probably have like sun deniers who live in like, like Alaska, you know, like where the sun never comes out. And they're like, they're talking on the porch. It ain't real. It ain't, that ain't a thing. Um, anyways, but there's, there's two things you can do with your own depravity. You can accept it or you can deny it. So, but living in denial of your own depravity doesn't negate the fact that you still have depravity. It just means that you won't ever be, you won't ever have the ability to live above your own depravity. Unless you accept your own depravity, that's the, that's the only way to get out of your own depravity because you can't do it on your own, okay? So, um, so it's adopting even the very nature of Jesus. Jesus is the, hey, let's put that down, Cruz. I'm, I'm fine with you holding it, but let's not aim it at people. Uh, appreciate it, bud. So Jesus even, I, I want you to hear me clearly on this. Um, Jesus had no depravity. Jesus never sinned. He never fell short and he never missed the mark. But what he did adopt is the, is the idea that he does nothing of his own accord. Okay. So he says, I can do nothing on my own as I hear, I judge and my judgment is righteous because I don't seek my own will, but the will of him being God who sent me. So even Jesus who has never missed the mark has never tasted depravity. Who's never tasted sin still says, I do nothing of my own. Everything I do is because I hear the word of the father and I live in righteousness because I hear him and I do what he says. Okay. So that's like the, the base for getting out of depravity. Okay. Also just kind of hitting on what Isaac said in James, it said, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the, Oh, a little bit louder now. Humble. Humble. God resists. Amen. A little late, but that's all right. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So when Jesus is extending these invitations, these are grace-filled invitations that every, everything that you'll ever achieve is by the grace of God. And so when he's saying, hey, I'm going to resist the proud, but if you humble yourselves and acknowledge your own depravity, I'm going to give grace to you so that you can fulfill these invitations that I've invited you to. That's the only way you do it is when you just say, all right, you got it. I can't do anything on my own. So it's this idea of not being spiritually less than of saying, oh, I'm poor in spirit. I'm just, I'm just a mere beggar in the kingdom. It's, that's not what it's saying. It's saying it's the idea of being spiritually in need that keeps us in the position to receive blessing, okay? It's the idea of being spiritually in need that keeps us in the position to receive blessing. So Bill Johnson said this, the blessing of the Lord breeds entitlement in the people of God if they don't remain humble and practice discipline. The blessing of the Lord will breed entitlement in the people of God if they don't remain humble and practice discipline. Okay? So just kind of throwing back to um, something that Miss J taught a few months ago, weeks ago. I don't know. It's all kind of running together. Last time Miss Johan taught, um, was it months? Holy mackerel. Yeah, it was a few months ago. Um, where... Uh, she was reading this excerpt of this pastor who had, had said, I just, I live above sin. Like I, I live above like the temptations of the enemy. Like I've just, I've elevated myself. Like I'm, I'm not there anymore. And then what happens? He becomes tormented by this demonic spirit because his humility gave invitation to this demonic thing because the Holy Spirit resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble. So in your own pride, you're actually putting in this little like invitation, like, Hey, 
all unclean spirits, come hang out with me. I don't need you, Holy Spirit. I'm doing this on my own. I've got enough of you already that I can sustain myself. So come on. That's what, that's what pride says. That's what spiritual arrogance says. And so um, it's, it's this whole concept of not just being humble, but understanding that if it's not for the Holy Spirit to give us our daily bread, we don't have the ability to hit the mark. That's why like, like the manna with the children of Israel, it's such a great picture is that they would try and store it up, but it wouldn't last. It would last for the day. Oh yeah. That's so much better. I can see everyone, but now I look kind of like a weirdo, so I'm not going to do it, but if this will work. Oh, I can see all your faces now. Hey, this is much better. All right. Does this look weird? Is that all right? All right, cool. It's a, well, I didn't, I feel like it's like down here, but okay. Oh yeah. Okay. So if you look at like the children of Israel, they had this manna that would come every day. And if they would try and store it, it would go bad. So it's this beautiful picture of like, Hey, the Lord is giving us fresh bread every day to live off of. There's nothing we can do like to store up and be like, Oh, I'm just living on last year's word. That's for last year, dude. What's he saying to you now? So it's understanding your own depravity that says, I can't go another day if I don't hear his voice. And the good thing is that he's always speaking. Uh, there's something I say about the Holy Spirit. People say, oh, I can't hear the Holy Spirit. I'm just like, I don't know how. He doesn't shut up. He doesn't stop talking. Like he's never going to stop talking about you to, to you, talking about the Father to you for all of eternity. The only way you stop hearing him is if you just do this and walk away. And I'm not saying like you turn from your faith, but you just, you put up a blockade. You're like, I can't hear the Holy Spirit. Okay, well, let me ask you something, Sharon. When's, when's the last time you like turned off your TV and said, Holy Spirit, I want to listen to you, even for five minutes? When's the last time you did it? It's like, click, I got nothing. All right, back on. When, when, when does the waiting happen, you know? Like how, how desperate are you to get out of your own depravity that you're like, okay, I need to hear a word from the Lord. Can, anyway, that's a sidetrack, but anyways. Um, what I love about this is if you look at this contextually, um, Jesus is saying these beatitudes in the presence and in the culture of a spiritual group that is priding themselves off of this spiritual, like, um, like elevation. Like they're saying we have it all figured out. Like these Pharisees, these scribes, they're literally like saying we've got it all together, even to the point where they're like selling, um, Sorry, I just got distracted by my daughter because she's great. She's wild. She's Look at that head control, guys. Good job, Nora. All right, she's doing great. Um, she's doing great. So literally Jesus is saying this in the face of the religious system who in that day elevated spiritual literacy, understanding, and having it all together as the highest priority. That's why he called them whitewashed tombs. He's like, you look great on the outside, but you're just dead on the inside. Like that, that's what he's saying this in the face of. So it's kind of like this. You with me? Who said you're? You all right? You're. All right. Oh, um, I need a volunteer. Great. Come here. This is gonna, it's not as glamorous as you think. I need you to hold this mic. Okay, to my face. Okay, so this may not work. Oh gosh. Yeah. Can you do it, Josiah? This is maybe the worst object lesson in the history of the world. Wait. Why don't you come up here? Wait, hold on. I'm going to blame. Oh, gosh. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I can't. Can you guys. Has anyone. Can anyone do it? You want to try it? Yeah, the pressure's on, dude. Let's <laughs> All right. Build me a tower. 
Okay, good, good start. She was holding it, dude. <laughs> That's all right. This this is um this is a, this is a big. I know. I was just gonna try and get like three, but um. Yeah, it's the car. This is a stinking bicycle cards, guys. Um. No, it's not a disrespect to creativity. It's just um, this is a, a, a big object lesson for a minor point. So this is where you have to think, is it worth it <laughs> to spend the rest of my time trying to build a, a tower car? So let's say, no, um, yeah, it's fine. Uh, let's say I've got a tower. All right. Can you guys imagine? Wow. Look at how good it is. It's this tall. Wow. It's amazing. Thanks, guys. I did great, didn't I? I know, but I, I, I don't need building blocks. I need cards. All right. So here, this is literally what I saw is that this is what um, your own spirituality looks like. Are you taking notes again? Awesome. This is what your own spirituality looks like. Building up cards, it looks really great. But as soon as any sort of shifting happens, it all just comes down. Like, so any trial in your life, it all comes down. Any wind blows that's different from just your little controlled environment where everything's sterile and you look really good, it all just falls apart. That's what spiritual, like, I can do it on my own looks like. Okay, so if you're ever feeling like you're like, a, you don't need the grace of God, that's you. Okay, you're just building a little tower out of cards. And it's just a matter of time. Uh, and maybe you don't even get off the ground. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> you can't even build anything. Like you're, just, you're trying to do it and it's not happening. It's not working. And that's literally what these Pharisees and Sadducees are doing. Probably apart from Nicodemus who came to this head-on collision and like, really just accepted his own depravity. So what I love, this isn't even in my notes, but I just, I love Nicodemus. I think he's in, uh, he's in chapter four of somewhere. Um, the, the address is, it's losing me, but, but Nicodemus, I love it. He, he's hearing Jesus talk and all these Pharisees and Sadducees are just like, can you believe this guy? And I just see Nicodemus being like, yeah, 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 what an idiot or whatever. And then it says that Nicodemus in the dead of night left his house and went to go talk to Jesus and be like, hey, what did you mean by this? Like, what about this? Like, and so it exhibits this need of hunger of this guy who literally had it all together, who had all the crossed, all the T's are crossed, all the I's are dotted. He's the, this high Pharisee and he's nailing it. And then he comes head to head with his own depravity and he can make a decision to deny it and laugh it off with the other people and just live his life as a brood of viper, as a, in a brood of viper or in a brood of vipers or, and as a whitewashed tomb, or he can make a leap and go and talk to Jesus and be like, Hey, talk to me about my depravity. Like, how do I get out of it? Like, like you say that a man has to be born again, but how does he go back into his mom's womb and be born again? Like, what are you talking about? This doesn't make any sense. How does this happen? And so then after he comes face to face with his own depravity, then the, like Nicodemus is just like lit on fire. So that's the invitation. That's what it means to be poor in spirit is this understanding that we can't do anything on our own. You can't hit the mark on your own. You won't do it. And you see it all the time in the epistles. Um, let's just go here. Golden Towers. What did you say? Oh, I love it. I was like, I was like, wow, I am getting old. I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, but, I mean, anyways, sorry, we won't go there. Um, cause we may get out here a little early. Um, because here, here's the thing. God is far less interested.
God is far less interested than you looking the part. Than, than you saying, oh yeah, I'm doing all these things for the kingdom. Like look, look at me. Like look at all, look at all these plates that I'm spinning. Look at all this like spiritual jargon that I know. Like he's far less interested in you putting on the show and looking the part, because this is like all that man sees, right? Man will elevate, and that's why like you see these leaders in the church. That's why you see these leaders in the church literally falling away because they did this too fast and then people saw it and they said, hey, we want to give you a church. We want to give you this position. We want to give you this influence. And they have all this fluff and they have no stability. And so as soon as like anything of like uh, like winds of change or whatever, like any any hardship in life came, they just crumbled because they had because they had no stability. So the Holy Spirit is far less interested in this, and he's much more interested in this, okay? The Holy Spirit is really interested in planting you somewhere where you can grow deep roots so that when the time comes for fruition and fruit to be born, that when winds come and tri like trials come and all this stuff, you're firmly planted, not because of all these things that you've done, but because you understand, I didn't plant myself, I didn't water myself. I didn't grow my roots, but the Holy Spirit watered me and the Holy Spirit planted me. And it's because of him that I'm firmly rooted and I'm firmly in ground. And so that's the whole thing. So in, in this season of your life, this is the important thing. I could give two craps if you, if you're like, Hey, I'm like, and I, and I, and I love everyone that we have on stage and I love everyone's like, Hey, I, I want to sing. I, I want to do this. Like, can, can I do this thing? And I was like, yes, awesome. Let's do it. But it has to come after this, because if this happens and everyone sees like you're gifting and then what happens is you build a theology on your gifting and you build a theology on how you can move a room. Did you know that the, the ability, the anointing is the, like it moves rooms and the gifts of God are without repentance. So when God gives you a gift, you can walk in it day or night. I mean, look at Katy Perry. The gift of God is without repentance. The Holy Spirit has given her a gift and she's using it for whatever she wants, right? The gifts of God are without repentance. But what happens is when you, when you use this, it elevates yourself to where people see you. And then they're like, yes, let's, let's do something with him. But then, like I said, when crap, when fit hits the shan, you're doing this because you have no stability. You have no roots. So in this season of your life, before you really get shot out like fiery arrows, you're still living with your parents right now. You're, you're not, you're, you're not going out right now, right? Like right now you're still in your training, so to speak. Do this as much as you can get freaking low humble yourself and understand your own depravity. Cause if you can learn this now, when you're in your twenties and your thirties, your forties, all the way to your seventies, you're still firmly planted. That's why you get like saplings that I, I remember, um, I, I got this, I got this dogwood tree when I was in second, second or third grade. It's actually really cool. Um, but they, so they gave everyone in, in our elementary school a dogwood tree, this little sapling. And um, they, they allowed us to go out and allowed us, they just gave it for us to go and plant because they were like, hey, we, we want to like conservation. Great, let's plant trees. That's great. But anyways, so we planted trees and um, my sister was mowing the yard one day and she just went right over it. And I'm like, my dogwood. <laughs> Like, um, I mean, and I'm just distraught, um, for like a day. And then I was like, yeah, all right, <laughs> whatever. But, but if you don't, but th that's, that's the difference between the dogwood that just moved and all that stuff. You know what we also had in our backyard, an oak tree that had been there for a hundred years. And if she ran into that with our riding lawnmower, it's going to be like Jahan, like running into the side of a house with a lawnmower. The house ain't moving. You're moving. Like, or Hannah running into a house with her car. The house did move, but Hannah moved more. <laughs> so, um, 
I, I don't have time to tell that story. Actually, I kind of do, but I won't do it. Um, but Hannah hit a house. Um, but anyways, but that's the difference. That's the difference because you can show all this fruit up here, but if you're not firmly planted, a Hannah is going to come by or a Jahan or a Catherine is going to come by with a lawnmower and just cut you up into bits and pieces. And look at that. You're mulch. Just like that. You're done. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if Hannah had been driving and there is a 150-year oak tree like that tree, look at those root systems. If she had hit that tree, well, I'm sad to say she probably wouldn't be here today. Um, she'd be gone. So thank God for that tree and the columns you destroyed. Um, but, but that's what the Lord is, is intending to do with you guys in this season. I, I've said this almost ad nauseum, but, and, and I think if you guys are really excited about your future, right? Some of you guys are excited to go to college. Some of you guys are really excited to get out of your parents' house. You're excited to get married. Like you're excited. To, yeah, I know. Yeah. I'll use. Yep. All right. All right. You guys are really, you guys are really excited for the future. And that's amazing. But, and, and that's why like when, when you're so future minded, which is great, you can hear what I'm about to say and hear it as patronizing. And like, I'm doing, sorry, I know you'll let me do this. Like doing this to you. Like, oh, that's so cute. That's not what I'm doing. When I say that you will never listen to this, you will never have as much free time as you do right now than in the rest of your life. This is the most free you'll ever be. You will also not have as sharp of a mind as you do right now. Right now, your mind is in like full absorption mode. What like there, there are things like, like, let's just like, if we're just staying on like this spiritual talk right now, like there are things now that I'm trying to have like the Holy spirit, like, Oh, would you like, why do I keep forgetting this? Yes. Like keep teaching me this. But there are things that I learned when I was 15 that I will never lose because my, my spirit was just so hungry for it. And I was like, wow, like I'm just absorbing all of this. You will never have a more opportunistic time in your life than right now. So don't squander it in thinking that, Oh, I'm just going to, let's see all the things that I can do. Do this, go as deep as you possibly can, because if you go deep, then like it, it sets you up for the rest of your life to bloom and to blossom and to not be moved. But it, it hinges on the fact of you understanding that you don't plant yourself. The Holy Spirit is planting you. And all you have to do is yield to him to plant you where he wants. And I'm not saying like plant you in a house, plant you in a place of work. Like I'm not talking like that, that confined. I'm talking about like in your own walk, where is he planting you in his kingdom? Like, what is he trying to deposit in you in his kingdom? Apply yourself to it now. If you can get that, like, crap is going to come your way in, in 10, 15 years. And if you're here, you're going to withstand it. I guarantee you. <laughs> Maybe I am getting old, guys. <laughs> Like literally, like literally when someone talks, I'm doing this, huh? I was like, huh, my father. All right. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> um, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? I don't want to harp on it too long. You know what I'm saying? All right. So, huh? Oh, I'm not. I'm, I'm looking at the clock, dear. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to read those words. I'm blessed and satisfied. Um, no, yeah, I can't. Yeah, so, so being poor in spirit is a really good thing. It's a really good thing. I, I hope that that's something that we can, it's, it's weird like bragging about being poor in spirit, but if there was ever a badge of honor that we could have, it's not be like, hey, look at all these things I've done in the kingdom. But I, I want us to be like, hey, let's see how low we got. Let's see how I got planted. 
like th- that's what I want us to brag about. That's what that's what I want our badge of honor to be. Is like, look, I may not have done all these crazy things in my teen years or whatever, like, but I got low and I got planted and I learned what it meant to to submit and let him plant me. Um, see, happen again, and I can see it. I don't know why I'm doing this. I think it's it's it is a it is a habit. It is a habit. Thanks. Thanks. I'm just going to have you just talk. Um, so. <laughs> All right. So let me tell you this story. So Chloe and I are dating. No, this isn't it. Uh, and we're downstairs in, in her parents' house. Um, and Hannah tells us. Hey, I'm just, I don't know where, what you were doing, but you're like, Hey, all right, I'm leaving. Were you 16? You're 16. I'll say this. When Hannah was 16. Okay. So you were 16 in two months. Shut up. Okay. I know. I'll just say this. When Hannah was 16, I was fearful for my life at every, every waking moment I was in the car with her. Um, she's gotten better, a lot better, thank God. She, I know, I know, but I still have this torment. I need the Lord to plant me and heal me. Um, so anyways, she, she leaves. And then um, about, about 30 seconds later, I get this call. Hannah Irwin, I was like, that's weird. I'll answer it. I don't know why. I guess she called you. You just didn't. You were probably like, whatever. <laughs> like, that's true. Um, and she, she just, I was like, hello. She goes, I just hit a house. <laughs> I was like, what? She goes, I just hit a house. I don't know what to do. I just hit a house. And I was like, what is happening? I was like, I was like, where are you? She goes, I'm just down on the road. I'm, I didn't go very far. I, I hit a house. And I was like, what is happening? She goes, I don't know. Just help. Just help. And it's like, okay. So I guess we get in the car and we drive 15 seconds. And so on where they used to live, there's this road. And then it just does this not sharp turn it's just a little bank but it apparently it had been raining a little bit earlier and your tires were probably really bald um and so she she goes she's driving she swore i I wasn't going fast um but how you do this going 25 miles an hour is still beyond me but oh here we come all right nine years later let's hear it yeah i think about 50 but Anyway, she, we're in a residential, we're in a neighborhood, guys. Oh, and then I got to tell you a story about Derek Bass. Oh, my gosh. Okay, don't have friends like I did. Um, anyways, so she's going, and then we're driving, and then we see it. It's this beautiful colonial house. It's got four pillars. Well, it's got two and a half now. So, essentially, she, oh, it's also elevated. It's got, like, uh, brick stairs to go up to their porch <laughs> basically she has gone through the yard destroyed their bird bath concrete bird bath it's okay all right well she knocked it over and she ramps up their steps the pillars are here they go whoosh whatever through their front door Hannah, their door was open. <laughs> yeah, I'm the talking stick. Let me embellish a little bit. Lord. And so she is literally, like she's not in the car. She's vibrating, laying on the ground. She's like this, if you guys can see. <laughs> like on the ground. And I'm sure Rosie is just like beside herself. And I'm just like, 
what is happening? <laughs> like, what is going on? And I, I love what I love what the, the homeowner said. He said, next time will you just knock? <laughs> like <laughs> j- there's no preface. You ran into a house hand. <laughs> So they, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she was the, <laughs> she paved the way. You're a pioneer, Hannah. Way to go. All right, do you guys have time for one more story and then we'll get out of here? All right. All right, this is kind of similar. Not as funny because uh, someone could have really died. But, um, okay, so, yeah, but I'm talking like a kid. Well, I guess a kid could have died there too. Um Oh, that's true. All right, listen. So, I I'm 16 at the time. Um, I think Rudy is in my passenger seat, and <laughs> and Derek Bass in his little Pontiac. Uh, he's driving. Did you do you remember this story? Did you ever hear this? Oh. All right. So Derek is in his Pontiac, and we're and we're we just got done with band practice at our house my house or whatever um he's the vo- he was the vocalist in our metal band um and uh so we're leaving my our house and so uh we get onto this like straight away and then it's a, like just so that you can see it like it goes here but then like it does like a sharp right hand turn which goes to the exit but then there's also like a bank that will go to like more houses and then like then gets back connected to this so you can leave you know what i'm saying so we're going on this way and then, so we're just driving, he's behind me and then he just decides to pull up right next to me in the neighborhood and then just like guns it. Like I'm talking 70 miles an hour in a neighborhood. Yeah. So, um, did you know this story? Have you heard this? Oh, this is terrifying actually. Um, and so he misses this turn, obviously like this first turn. And so he's like, all right, I'll just go around to this other side. He's going so fast that like you can't turn if you're going super fast. So what happens is he goes up into this driveway across their front yard, takes out one of their saplings into the neighbor's driveway, into their yard, into the next driveway, and then down outside the other neighbor's yard. And so he's literally like at 70 miles an hour, just goes like through these. Yeah, like that. Um, through these people's front front yard, and then um, he like pops out onto the onto the road, and I'm sitting there with Rudy, and I'm behind him, and I just remember like slamming on the brakes and watching it happen, being like, <laughs> like, like you know, like when you see a wreck in real life, you're like, this can't really be like, what is happening? Like, it was like it was going so slow. I was like, what is happening? Um, and then he, this is just kind of how dumb he was. Um, sorry, Derek, if you're listening to this, let's connect, bro. Um, <laughs> hey. Probably is because you won't step on security. Yeah, yeah. All right, anyways. Um, so then he proceeds to get out of his car and be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And he, like, goes down, like, here. And then you guys got to know Derek. He's wearing gym shorts, and he yanks him all the way up. and says, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Just a white, pasty legs. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I don't want to see that, dude. Um, and then he looks down at his uh, at his car, and literally his, his middle axle is on the ground. Like, he can't turn nothing. Can't go anywhere. He jumps back in his car and tries to drive away. <laughs> and he can't go anywhere. <laughs> like, and so, uh, long story short, the cops get called, and he, I don't know what happened. I think he got his license suspended um, for like six weeks, and I'm like, you should never have a license again. That's terrifying. Um, no, but then he got a Kia, and that was before Kias were like nice, and we were like, that's a dumb car. Um, but <laughs> better than his Pontiac, though. Yeah, before they were nice, dear. Come on. Don't get so sensitive. All right. Yeah, it was like a 2004 uh, Kia Optima. Yeah. So anyways, don't don't be like Derek and almost kill kids. Uh, That was was terrifying. So we kind of never let him live that down. Um, 
But anyway, so all that to say, uh, submit, be humble. Um, watch it. All right. So Holy Spirit, hey, just close your eyes real quick. Throw your hands up to the heavens. We don't, we rarely do this, but let's just, let's just do a declaration together. Say, Holy Spirit, make me humble. Give me a contrite heart. We'll try that again. Give me a contrite heart. Here it is. Make me malleable. Plant me where you want me. Let me bloom where you want me. Let me be spiritually in need. Let me hunger and thirst for righteousness. Let me be a peacemaker. In Jesus' name. So be it. All right, get out of here. Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Eliminate Student Ministries. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Eliminate Knots.